Daniel 9, verses 24 through 27, will be our passage for the next couple of weeks. We'll be looking at verse 24 this morning. In 9, 9, 24 through 27 says, Seventy weeks have been determined for your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. So you... So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again with a plaza, moat, even in times of distress. Then after the the 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing, and the people of the Prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary, and its end will come with a flood." Even to the end there will be war. Desolations are determined. And he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. But in the middle of the week he will put a stop to the sacrifice and grain offering and, and, and on the wing of abomination, abomina- abominations will come one of who makes desolate even until a complete destruction. One that is decreed is poured out onto the one who makes desolate. Simple. Just so straightforward. <laughs> That's it. I mean, you can say amen and go home, right? We got that one. <laughs> okay. That's why we're going to kind of walk through here a little little slower than a lot of passages. This week, 24. Now, this whole section, actually, the bulk of it is completed prior to the church age. In this section. And it brings us. Like in verse 26. To Messiah will be cut off. We'll spend more time on that. When we get to that passage. But Messiah being cut off. That's the crucifixion of Christ. Okay. So that's prior to the church age. Remember the church age starts when? Pentecost. Pentecost. That's the official kickoff day of the church. Is Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit comes, and off, off they go, and here we are. <laughs> okay. So, um, and then verse twenty-seven, and he will make a firm covenant. It jumps the church age, and that puts us right into the tribulation period which we're going to find out I hope and discern I hope by the time we're through that that 70th week is the tribulation period okay so kind of keep that thought in mind as we move and you can kind of hang on to these things we'll be referring to them off and on matter of fact we may just have one wrap-up lesson just using the chart and going right back through but we'll we'll see how that works out see if we need it okay verse 24 70 weeks have been de- decreed for your people and your holy city to finish the transgression to make an end of sin to make atonement for iniquity 
to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and, and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy or most holy place. Now, right there, we have, it's going to give us the time frame and what the entire 70 weeks is supposed to accomplish. Or actually, this is God's decree. What the 70 weeks will accomplish would be better said. All right? Now, the time frame, again, 70 weeks, more literally could be translated 77s. Okay, week in the, is heptad, which is a unit of measure referring to seven things. Okay, and I put a heptad representing seven is similar to our term dozen that represents 12. Okay, it's that kind of a, a term. So the 77s uh, refers to 70 weeks of years. Um, let's look at Genesis 29, just so you, so you know I'm not kidding you. Genesis 29, verse 27. says, complete the week of this one, and we will give you another also for the service, which you shall serve with me for another seven years. Okay, so there it is. And that's that heptad there. So that's the week, seven, boom. All right, so that way it's, it's been used in Scripture before, not a lot, but, it, uh, but it's there and it's uh, known. Now, the 70 weeks of years, now 70 weeks equals 490 years, 70 times 7. So in 490 years, from the start of it, the whole, the whole thing's going to wrap up. One thing we need to understand, the church age, and we'll get into that more, but the church age is like a parentheses between week 69 and 70 and we're sitting right in that spot right now see we 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 know when the first 69 weeks ended because after the end of it all messiah was cut off so the first 69 weeks are gone they're in history past and now we're the we're awaiting the 70th uh it's the tribulation period. I'm not longing for it, but I mean, it's, that's, the, that's the one that's still out there, that's still coming. And once that, seven, that, that 70th week shows up and is completed, then that will accomplish what is stated here in Daniel 924, 924. So let's, uh, let's go look at it. The focus then, and I put a little note in here, this, the 70 week. Uh, it's not to be confused with the 70 years of captivity, okay? I put the verses in there, but we don't need to, I don't think that would help us today. Now, the focus, okay, of the 70 weeks have been decreed, okay? That points to the fact that the events of these 490 years are determined or predetermined, if you will, by the sovereign will of God. This is his decree. It's been decreed. This is what is going to happen, Okay? And that term for your people. Again, a um, little background on here. The context of this is the angel Gabriel speaking to Daniel. The 70 weeks can only refer to who? Israel. Your people. Daniel. Your people. 
It's not referring to the church. It's not referring to the Gentiles. But this wraps up God's master plan for Israel. That's important to keep in mind. Even in the book of Revelation, you're going to see where a big focus on the once you, once you get into what is described in Revelation, from like especially chapter six on, uh, when they just the tribulation period is described, you notice that the church isn't even spoken of anymore. It's all it's got a definite Israel focus on there. Okay, but we'll get to that later as well. For your people now and your holy city. That can only refer to one thing, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the holy city. In the in Old Testament context, it's always been the holy city. And in this point in time, too, remember, Jerusalem was in... When, but when Daniel received this prophecy, um, matter of fact, we get back to 9. This is in the first year of Darius. So he, this, he received this prophecy during the early years, first couple of years of the Medo-Persian Empire. See, he outlived the Babylonian Empire, outlasted them, as was told. But Jerusalem, let's look at 2 Kings 25. 2 Kings 25, because when it, it has a lot of meaning to Jews, uh, because this is a this is a promise, and the state of Israel uh, in the Old Testament perspective has never, has never been in worse condition than it was right there, the, 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 the land. I mean, they've been away for almost 70 years now. Um, they've been in captivity. And 2 Kings 25, 8 to 10 says this. Now on the seventh day of the fifth month, which is the 19th year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, a servant of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem, and he burned the house of the Lord, the king's house, and all the houses of Jerusalem. Even every great house he burned with fire. So all the army, and then, so all the army of the Chaldeans who were with the captain of the guard broke down the walls around Jerusalem. And it just, you keep reading, I'm not going to keep reading, but, you, but if you were to keep reading it, they they went they ransacked everything before they tore everything down and burned it. They went in there and at that point in time they took it says they took all the bronze and brass imp, implements out of the temple and out of the king's castles and everything. See the gold was already taken. This is not the first. This is their third trip. There was three trips back to three raids, if you will, back to the the land. This was the third and final one. And uh, every every trip, they brought more hostages back, and spoil. And the the first one, they took the gold, of course. They took the expensive stuff on the first trip. Uh, and now they're just cleaning up the rest of it. Took a bunch of stuff back, and um, yeah, and that went and left the place and told one. The only people they actually left in there was the the super poor, people that were kind of basically unskilled, didn't need them, just to let them here. Go ahead, work the land, you know. Make, do something. Make yourself useful. That was their thought. You know, they just they didn't didn't see any need for them. And now, what's it going to accomplish? Well, what, number one, to finish the transgression means the end result will put an end to the broken relationship between God and Israel. 
that's a fact. It's going to bring an end to that relation, broken relationship, which exists today. Israel, I mean, just, they don't, most of Israel, whether you're the Jewish people, whether they're in the U.S. or even in Israel, you know, when you just look in the land of Israel, Israel is an extremely secular nation. And the Jews, in most cultures, for the most part, are just as secular as the country they live in. Now, there are a few sects that, you know, you got your, your Hasidic Jews that wear all the garb and your super conservative Orthodox types, but even they are estranged from God for the number one reason is they've rejected the Messiah and still reject the Messiah. So they're in that place of rebellion, whether they realize it or not. Let's look at Ezekiel 20, which is one book before Daniel. Ezekiel 20, verse 33. I'm going to put an end to that broken relationship. Ezekiel 20, 33 to 44. As I live, declares the Lord, Lord God, surely with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with with wrath poured out, I shall be king over you. Almost sounds like speaking to the Pharaoh, right? Uh, And I will bring you out of the people and gather you from the lands where you were scattered with the mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with the wrath poured out. And I shall bring you into the wilderness of the people, and there I shall enter into judgment with you face to face. As I entered into judgment with your fathers in the wilderness in the land of Egypt, so I will enter into judgment with you, declares the Lord God. And I shall make you pass under the rod, and I shall bring you into the bond of the covenant. I shall purge you from the rebels and those who transgress against me. I shall bring them out of the land where they they sojourn, and they will not enter the land of Israel. Thus you will know that I am the Lord. As for you, O house of Israel, says the Lord God, go go serve everyone his idols, but later you will surely listen to me, and my holy name will profane, will be, will you will profane no longer with your gifts and with your idols. Right? It's almost like, all right, you just go do your idolatry thing, and when the time comes, I'm going to purge that out of you. That time, by the way, is going to be the tribulation period. That's when that's going to happen. Um, and then verse 40, my, and for on my mountain and on the high mountain of Israel, declares the Lord God, there, there the whole house of Israel and all of them will serve me in the land. There I shall accept them, and there I shall seek your contributions and the, and the choicest of your gifts with all your holy things. As a soothing aroma, I shall accept you when I bring you out from the peoples and gather you from the lands where you are scattered, and I shall prove myself holy among you in the sight of the nations. And you will know that I am the Lord when I bring you into the land of Israel, into the land which I swore to give to your forefathers. And therefore, and there you will be, remember your ways and your deeds with which you have defiled yourselves, and you will loathe yourselves in the sight for all the evil things you have done. Another term for that is repentance. Okay? Then you will know, verse 44, that I, the Lord, that I am the Lord when I have dealt with you for my name's sake, not according to your evil ways or according to your corrupt deeds, O house of Israel, declares the Lord God. And it keeps going. But, I mean, uh, it's amazing. It's like if, you've, if you're familiar, if you think back to a hundred and something years earlier, Isaiah, 
what was the message of Isaiah to them? I, I, I hate, I'll paraphrase it, I hate your offerings. I, I despise your feast days because they were in sin. And if it was phony, it meant nothing. And I mean, here it is. He said, there's coming a time, though, I'm going to turn that all around. I'm going to turn that all around. And the, to- and the time is still out there. In, verse, in chapter 36 of uh, Ezekiel, 36.22, I mean, it just, <clears throat> Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus saith the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you went. And I will vindicate the holiness of my, my great name, excuse me, <clears throat> as been profaned among the which you have profaned in the midst. Then the nations, then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when I prove myself holy among you in their sight. For I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the lands, and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean, and I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. That's... Uh, a restatement, really, of uh, what's often called the New Covenant from Isaiah 31, 31. We won't go there. But look at Romans 11. Romans 11. <laughs> Romans 11, verse 25 through 27. In, it written to the church, Rome, Gentile city, Gentile believers for the most part, although there was a heavy Jewish population there. But speaking of Jew and Gentile, um, you know, because God has dealt with Israel, don't we should not get cocky about that and say, oh, look at us. Okay. Verse 25 says, for I don't need to be uninformed of this mystery lest you be wise in your own estimation and this is critical that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in and thus this is a very important word and thus all Israel will be saved (laughs) just as it is written the deliverer will come from Zion he will remove ungodliness from Jacob and this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. And that's out, right out of Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 40. <coughs> Again, right now, they are temporarily hardened. And <coughs> Romans 9, 10, and 11 make that abundantly clear. There's a whole lot of other rich doctrine in that, those, verse, those chapters. But it starts, but that's the catalyst of giving us that doctrine, the fact that Israel is temporarily hard. Matter of fact, uh, in chapter 9, verse 27, and Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, though the number of the sons of Israel be as the sand of the sea, it is the remnant that will be saved. 
that remnant that will be saved is the all Israel of 1126. That is the all Israel. Okay? Does that make sense? Not the whole nation. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, not everybody, again, uh, what did he say? Not, not um, all the seed of Abraham are Abraham's, you know? Not all in Israel are Israel. Not all circumcised are circumcised. You know, that thing. You know, he called, and the term often used, the uncircumcised of heart was often used to them, you know, adulterers. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like not, what's that? Yeah, I mean, Old Testament salvation, I remember having this conversation with, with a lady years, years, years ago at the Happy Stake in Lancaster, um, <laughs> which too no longer exists. But anyway, <laughs> where a lot of people assume that salvation in the Old Testament came through keeping the law. It did not. No, salvation in the Old Testament came by Grace through faith and not of works. <laughs> it was the same way. I mean, you can look back. Uh, and Abraham, is, well, in, in Romans, actually Romans chapter 4, Abraham is used as an example of that very fact. Abraham was called and saved and believed when? Prior to the law. <laughs> so there was no law to keep. You know, and you go back. Um, what about Noah? You know, it says Noah found favor, Right? You, that word favor is the Hebrew equivalent of the New Testament word translated grace. Noah found grace. You, that would be a good translation. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and moving right along from there. Okay. The, the, next, the next point, and this one, to make an end of sin. We've kind of already talked about that. But John, uh, John 19 30. What was that, that statement on the cross he made? It is finished. Yeah, to telestai. Done. Accomplished. And again, that accomplishment Jesus made was for all sin, for all time, for all of his people. From Adam all the way through the last person that makes that profession of faith. That sacrifice was for all of them, all of them, the whole group. And then Hebrews 9, let's look at Hebrews 9 real quick. And these same truths that discuss the salvation itself apply to us in this church age. Because again, it was the same sacrifice that saves us all, both Jew and Gentile. 9:24 to 28 says for Christ did not enter a holy place made with made with hands a mere copy of the true one but into heaven itself now to appear at the uh, the presence of God for us nor was it uh, is nor was it that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the holy place year by year with blood not his own otherwise he would have needed to suffer often since the foundation of the world but now once 
At the consummation of the ages, he has been manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this, judgment. So Christ, also having been offered once to bear the sins of many, shall appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. So the next time we see him, he's coming back, but he's not coming back to die again. That only needed to happen one time. He's coming for us to set up his kingdom. See? For his people. He's coming for his people. And 1010, it's just hard not to stop. There's so many. You start reading through this section of Hebrews, and it's just it's magnificent. It's magnificent. Our great high priest. I mean, this is, this is a wonderful, wonderful passage. By this we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. I think of my Catholic background. Every time I read this stuff, where Jesus is sacrificed every time they do the Mass. Unnecessary. As a matter of fact, when you break it on down, one could say that is blasphemy. It's saying, I'm sorry, Jesus, you really didn't accomplish it. We have to do it again and again and again. No, no, he did. And every priest, verse 11, stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifice which can never, can never take away sins. But he, offering one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, waiting for the time that onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected for all times those who are sanctified. I kind of went on, but, you know, it's just, well, I'll just keep going. It's good. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them after, after those days of the Lord. I will put my laws upon their heart, and I will put their mind, I will write them on them. There's Jeremiah 31. And he says, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now, where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. Done. Complete. Done. And he accomplished it. And not only for us, but the same truth applies to Israel. When this time frame moves on and is complete, and, that's, and we're going to get into that, and, and, but I want to say it now. When Israel finally enters, and that's going to be following the tribulation period, when they march into that kingdom, which we call the thousand-year reign, the millennium, Israel will be totally saved. 100% of Israel is saved. And 100% of Israel will not sin again. Keep that in mind. That's like us. They are, that is it. Israel's, that's, that's it. That's their kingdom. That's the promise. And then after the thousand, they we move into the new heaven and new earth. So keep that in mind. We'll get into that more when we get into that, that uh, kingdom. And then we can, we can skip Revelation 22 for now. Um, to make atonement for iniquity, which means to cover, conceal, or purge out. Again, uh, I want to look at Jeremiah 30. Jeremiah 30, verses 1 through 3. Okay. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, 
Write all the words which I have spoken to you in a book. For behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel and Judah. The Lord says, I will also bring them back to the land that I, that I gave to their forefathers, and they shall possess it. Now, where it says, my people Israel and Judah... What was the situation like at the time of Jeremiah? Yeah, Israel had been taken a couple hundred years prior to this captive to the Assyrians, right? And even to this day, some people feel that the, the you know, the ten tribes of northern are, are lost. Well, they may be lost to us, but they're not lost to God. God says they're coming back together. I want to compare that verse 3 to Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel adds more, again, just like these prophets, as you keep moving through, it's progressive revelation. It just keeps adding and adding and adding. That's why it's important to learn the stuff that comes before. <laughs> so you just keep learning and learning and learning and adding to our knowledge base. I remember when I was when I was teaching the fundamentals of the faith class down in L.A. We had so many, and we had such a really we had like a we had an hour and a half, but we're still cramped. I just pre-printed all the verses on a paper so we could just go through them. But and that that sped up a lot of things. But anyway, I guess I could still do that. Keep keep nimble. <laughs> okay, Ezekiel thirty-seven fifteen. The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, And you, son of man, take for yourself a stick and ride on it for Judah and for the sons of Israel. His companions then take another stick and ride on it for Joseph and the stick of Ephraim and all the house of Israel and his companions. Then join them for yourself, one to another, one stick into, into another into one stick, that they may become one in your hand. And when the sons of your people speak to you, saying, Will you not declare to us what you mean by these? Say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in, his hand, in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel, his companions, and I will put them with it, uh, with the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, and they will be one in my hand. And the sticks of which you will write me in your hand before their eyes, and say to them, Thus says God, the Lord God, behold, I will make the sons of Israel from among, I will take the sons of Israel from among the nations where they have gone, and I will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel, and one king will be king over them, and they will no longer be two nations, they will no longer be divided into two kingdoms, and they will no longer defile themselves with 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 their idols nor or with their desolate things or with any of their transgressions but i will deliver them from all their dwelling places in which they have sinned and with and will cleanse them and they will be my people and i will be their god so again all of that's the saved group that comes from those they're all going to be brought back <clears throat> put together again in a saved state. So 
That's when that's all. That's yeah. The bringing them back and the sanct the purging of them is going to happen during the tribulation period, and they're going to start coming back. Those that are not of the saved will be purged out, and those that are saved will enter the kingdom. <laughs> Not quite. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it was just a symbol. You know, you got to simplify that thing. There was, the wording translates kind of rough. But basically, you got two sticks one Israel, the northern tribes, one Judah, which included Benjamin. You got two sticks, make them one stick, one nation. It's that simple. That, that starts taking place in the tribulation period itself. And then it's finalized as they, as they walk into the kingdom. And there's other things that are going to happen too. They've got some resurrections going on. And, but we'll get there when we get to the tribulation period. You know, there's a, there's a few other nifty things. Uh, speaking of nifty, we've got a couple of minutes here. Let's see what we can do to bring in everlasting righteousness again we saw that in Jeremiah where uh, Israel will then live righteously before the Lord Um, Isaiah 4 2 to 4 even way back then I noticed this about the in the Old Testament prophets is a pattern even amidst pronouncing judgment God always gives that ray of hope okay that yes I'm going to judge but better days are ahead and this is what Isaiah 4 beginning verse 2 in that day the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious and the fruit of the earth will be the pride and the adornment of the survivors of Israel interesting term And it will come about that he who was left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. And everyone who is recorded for life in Jerusalem. And when the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the bloodshed of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning. And it says, then the Lord will create over the whole area Mount Zion and over assemblies a cloud by day and even smoke and brightness flaming fire by night over the glory of the canopy. And there will be a shelter to give shade from the heat by day and refuge and run and protection from the storm and the rain. Again, the point is they're going to get in there. They're going to be saved. They're going to be a regenerate people. And then it, uh, a parallel to that would be Jeremiah 31, 31. We've, we've seen that. We read that uh, essentially in the Ezekiel 36 passage. But again, we saw that also in Roman. We're all Romans 11, all Israel will be saved. All. That's 100%. Okay? And then we know after the millennium is the judgment. You can see that in Revelation 20. The new heaven and earth follows it. You can see that even on, on here. And I got those verses here. And where it talks about the other two things that's going to take place or the, be accomplished is to seal up the vision or revelation itself in prophecy. In other words, at the end of the 70 weeks, all the prophecies concerning Israel 
and Israel's redemption are going to be fulfilled. That's it. They're going to be done, accomplished. And then to anoint the most holy or holy place refers to the millennial temple described in Ezekiel chapters 40 through 48. (laughs) Okay. I really don't know how much we're going to go into on that one, but there you go. So there's a lot coming. There's a lot coming. Um, The church will have its part. And next week, actually, in Daniel 9, we get into the stuff that uh, more applies to uh, where we are today. But this is important to, to know what this is, what's all about, what this is all about. Um, if you want, you can bring these back. Uh, I'm not sure how far we're going to get next week. But uh, anyway, for now, let's uh, close the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we thank you for your, your word. We thank you for the scriptures. We thank you that even though some of them are difficult at first, that they do clear up once we look deeper into your word. And again, Lord, we just, we just pray that uh, you are honored through this study. In Jesus' name, amen.